thank you for being at New Life today. I genuinely believe this. Today is going to be a special day at this church. Every day that you come to the house, the Lord has the opportunity to be special. But today, I believe God wants to do something miraculous today. I believe it. I believe it. I give, uh, I want to give recognition before we read to Pastor. He is, I know that many of you are thankful for him and we love his preaching. I'm probably the biggest fan in the room. But we all know how he's been an encouragement to us. But there are times where God sends him places to be an encouragement to others. And right now, he's in Spain being an encouragement to the pastors, the missionaries, the workers of God's kingdom in that country. And I personally am thankful that he gets that opportunity to do that. I'm thankful he gets that opportunity. And he extends our thanks and their thanks that we would allow them that opportunity to be gone for that service, for this service, so they could minister to those great people over there across the pond, if you will. We're thankful thankful for that. Luke chapter 4 verse number 16 and he came to Nazareth, he being Jesus where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet of Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them this day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears i want to preach the first part of a two-week series pastor will preach next week lord willing i want to preach to you jesus the miracle worker jesus the miracle worker because that's what he is and that's what he does and that's what he will do today in Jesus' name. Can you lift your hands with me across the sanctuary and call on Jesus for a moment? Would you speak the name which is above every name? There's no king that has the name like Jesus. There's no ruler. There's no authority that has the name like Jesus. Would you just say Jesus? Jesus, we call on your name. Jesus, we claim your victory. Jesus, we believe your promise today. Jesus, you are the miracle worker. We believe it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for standing. Thank you for your worship. You may be seated. Jesus, the miracle worker. The story goes, was a, a man in the crowd one day, and he stood there listening to Jesus speak. And as he stood there, he could no longer take the teaching. He had to move forward because he had a need. And he steps out of the crowd, out of the multitude, the Bible says. And he comes forward and he says, Lord, Master, I've brought my son. 
And the Bible says in the King James Version, my son has a dumb spirit with him. And wherever I take him, Jesus, wherever I go, this thing is on him and with him. And he teareth his clothes and it pinneth him down. He gnashes his teeth every place that we go. And I went to your disciples, Lord, and I asked them if they could heal him, if they could deliver him, if they, if they could cast this thing out of his life. I went to them and they could not do it. And Jesus looks back at them and says very, very difficult words to process. And he says, this faithless generation, how long will I be with you? Now that's hard within itself to grasp, but what I would like to point to is the father in the story. Mark 9 tells the account of a dad that brings his boy to the Lord. Now imagine if you have children, imagine being helpless to watch your son, your only son as the Bible puts it, watching your son everywhere you go since he was a child throw himself down and an enemy consume his life, possess his life and try to kill and destroy him. That's how the man describes the spirit. Oftentimes he would say it would cast him into a fire. Oftentimes into waters to destroy him. So the man looks at Jesus and he says, if you can do anything, please have compassion on my boy. Now I can't imagine as a father, I can't imagine the helpless feeling you would have to watch your child go through that and to have no answers, have no solution, have no hope, don't know anything, how, where, why. I can't imagine the grief that he'd had. But Jesus looks at the man and he says these words to him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. This morning, I come to preach to you today that Jesus is a miracle worker if we believe. There is no more complicated formula. There is no other mathematical equation that equals up to it. If we can believe, Jesus can perform a miracle. Now what's amazing about this story too is the man looks at Jesus and he says this, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You see, it is, ladies and gentlemen, as I start today, it is still faith to ask for help. I realize there is society and culture that wants to make people strong and capable, or maybe you can handle it another day, or maybe you can make it for another moment. But hear me today, it still is faith to reach your arms up to heaven one more time and say, Lord, I believe, but please help me with my unbelief right now. Lord, I still believe, but I certainly need some help in this moment right now. It's still faith to say, God, I need help. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. And Jesus comes over to him, takes him by the hand, and he arises up, and the Lord casts that thing out of him. Today, God, Jesus, can do a miracle. It's in the room, it's present, and it's very simple, if you'll just believe. If you will just 
believe. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. If you're here and you need a miracle, you only have one job, believe. Now, you're probably thinking, that's so simple. Maybe I'm making it oversimplified for you. But let me tell you this. You do not have to understand everything about God. And you do not have to have the ability and the capacity to quote hundreds of scriptures. You don't have to be rich or poor, recognized or unheard of. You don't have to understand the depths of your problem. You don't have to recite the prognosis, the possible solutions, or the outcomes. You don't have to have any of that. What you have to have is faith to believe. You just have to believe. And if you will believe, he can do it. He's capable. I was sitting over there. See, I'm fired up. And let me let you in on why I'm fired up. You ready? Because... Nobody else got to have this moment but me, and now I get to share it with you. And I asked permission if it was okay. There's a miracle sitting on the front row right over here. His name is Adam Pelkey. And just a couple weeks ago, he spent time in the hospital. And didn't know what the problem was at first, something with his heart that was something. And it looked very bleak for a moment. Very bleak for a moment. It didn't look very good for a moment. And I can only imagine, Elijah, I can only imagine the fear of watching your dad go out on a stretcher in your house and being that. But I want to let me let you in on that little secret for a moment that I just found out that got me fired up. You ready? Elijah walked over to me and said, hey, when my dad got on that stretcher and they began to roll him out, that I heard this voice tell me this, it's going to be okay. So this morning... Father and son sit on the front row because a little boy said, you know what, Lord, I don't know the depth of the problem and I don't understand how the human heart beats, but I'll tell you one thing I do know. I know the voice of a God that speaks peace in the middle of a storm. I know the voice of Jesus who is a miracle worker. Come on, I'm just preaching to you this morning. Somebody's got to believe today. Somebody's got to lift up your eyes to the hills from whence your help comes and believe he can still do it today. Jesus can perform a miracle today in this place if we'll believe. Let me give you this. Miracles are simply this. They are a demonstration of God's power to show us his love and grace. That is what a miracle is. Don't get it wrong, hold on for a second. Miracles are not granted wishes. A miracle is not a granted wish. A miracle is a demonstration of God's power that shows us his grace and his love. Consider with me for a moment Miracles. Everyone in the Bible, if you believe the Bible, you believe in miracles. Because from the front page to the back page, it's full of miracles. So if you believe the Word of God, you believe in the miracle working power of God. Now I want to I, I, I help you for a second. Consider this every miracle recorded in Scripture, every one that we have, teaches us about God or ourselves. 
So miracles are not pointless. And miracles, again, they're not granted wishes. But a miracle is a demonstration of God's power as he teaches you and I about his grace and his love. So today, I preach to you that miracles are possible in this room, and they have a point to them. And God would love nothing more than to show you his grace and his love through the power of a miracle. He wants to do it today. He wants to reach into the depth of every need in the room. I opened with the verse this morning, Luke chapter 4, verse number 18, as Jesus walks into the synagogue, opens the book of Isaiah, which is Isaiah, and quotes a scripture and reads it to the congregation that's there. I'll read it to you, and then I want to bring out something in it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that it bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I want you to look at verse 18 and see this with me in your Bible. Look at the depth that God can reach. Look at this with me. He has come, it is fulfilled, that Jesus has walked into the room to preach the gospel to the poor. So maybe you're here today without or with. Maybe your life has been everything or less than. But I've got good news for you today. Jesus is here. And he can turn every mess into this room into a miracle. Because Jesus has come to fulfill it. And he can preach the gospel to the poor. He can heal the brokenhearted. There is not a single person in this room that has not had your heart broke. There's some of you in this room right now, that crush in third grade, still not over it. You, they said those things, whoever came up with the phrase, sticks and stones may break bones, but words can never hurt me, that's a lie. Words hurt. Anybody ever had something said to you before that hurt? Any everybody ever been in a traumatic situation that your heart got broke? Anybody ever been in, in, a, in a surrounding or something happening, whether it's your fault or somebody else's fault? And through the course of that, something changed on the inside of you. Anybody? Let me tell you, the heart, this is what Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Above, it is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Let me tell you, I cannot quantify everything that's happened to my heart. I can't quantify every hurt that I have. I can list a few things, but I can't tell you the depth of feeling and emotion that I have. But I've come to preach to you today, there is one that knows the human heart and your heart better than anything or anybody else. And he can reach into the depths of your feelings that you can't even describe and heal your broken heart. Because he's a miracle worker. And he's come to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the brokenhearted. All those that have had their hearts shattered into pieces, I know one that can put it back together. He came to preach deliverance to the captives, to every person in the room under the sound of my voice that's held captive by your own thoughts, actions, habits, mistakes, or hurts. I point you to the key to deliverance today. And his name is Jesus Christ. 
There is no program that brings deliverance like Jesus brings deliverance. There is no steps that bring deliverance like Jesus can bring deliverance. And I preach to you today, Jesus is a miracle worker to the captive. The recovery of sight to the blind. Anyone in the building, blind in their body, or maybe even in their spirit. I preach the one who can open blinded eyes. I've seen it before with my own eyes. I've seen people blinded spiritually and they come in the presence of God and they hear the word of God and it's like the scales fall off their eyes and they can see what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he can do. Jesus has come today to open the eyes of the blind. Today in this room because he's a miracle worker. He's come to set at liberty them that are bruised. Every person in this room that has a wound or an issue or pain that's beneath the surface, whether it's your fault, someone else's fault, or nobody's fault, I declare to you this, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus has come to set you free. There's miracles in the house today. Jesus can work at any depth in your life. Any depth. Anything is possible to him that believes. Now, I'll just, I'll take a show of hands real quick. How many of you are staring at a need that needs a miracle? There is, I don't, I don't pretend to know the scope. I don't, I don't pretend to know the vastness or the complications that sit in front of you. I can't do that. I'm simple. I don't understand it all. But I have one resounding thought through this message that I'll preach to you today as simple as this is, as clear as this is. Jesus works on all levels. I'm going to let that sink into your spirit. I don't care if you walked into the room with a psychological problem or pain in your back or joint pain or you've been hurt by something by abuse or whatever it may be. And I make light of no thing. You hear me today. Jesus works at every level needed. He has the power to minister to every level of need in the room right now. Time would fail me to go through scripture and bring out miracle after miracle after miracle that Jesus performed. Time would fail me to come and tell you all the things that he did. But hear me, Jesus can speak to any problem here today. There's a miracle worker in the house. There's a miracle worker in the house. Jesus can perform a miracle in your body. Jesus can perform a miracle in your body. I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 8. Luke 8. Beginning at 41, we'll read a little bit. Jesus can perform a miracle in your body. I want to show this to you in the pages of Scripture. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. And he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. 
But as he went, Jesus moving, as he went, the people thronged him. And the Bible says, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all, all that she had, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said to her, said, who touched me? And when all denied Peter that they were with, that all those that were with them, the master, the look at this multitude of throng and that pressed thee, and you say, who, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out from me. So Jesus hears of a need of a 12-year-old girl, and the 12-year-old girl is dying on a bed a little ways away. And as this girl is dying and Jesus is making his way towards it, a woman with an issue of blood that has had this issue for 12 years, she comes pressing through the crowd, fighting through to just touch the hem of his garment. And when she does this, finally she touches the hem of his garment and she is healed. A woman that spent all she had, all her living, she's healed in a moment because of her faith. And the Bible says when Jesus looks at her, he says this, thy faith hath made thee whole. It was her belief that if she could just get to him, that Jesus could heal her. So he does. Jesus heals her. Virtue leaves his body, and he touches this woman that's had an issue for 12 years. Then they come running up to him and say, they say, don't trouble the master anymore. The girl, the little 12-year-old, she's died. And Jesus looks, Jesus looks at him and says, listen, just believe. If you'll only believe. I'm not trying to make it simpler than what it is this morning. I'm just telling you that faith is believing that God is and that he can. That's all it is. Believing that God is and that he can. So an issue that's been 12 years in the making. You know what I love about this story? The number 12. I love the fact that it's the number 12. The girl's 12 years old. She's had the issue for 12 years. You don't think God's in control? You don't think the day that that girl was born, God knew the moment, he knew the destiny of when that girl would cross past 12 years later or when the father would cross past 12 years later with an issue of blood that that woman's had for 12 years? You don't think that the moment that that lady started to have a problem in her body that God says, I've already created a solution for it. You don't think the day she got diagnosed with her sickness is the day God already had the cure ready and he knew the moment that it would cross paths. So you don't tell me Jesus hasn't walked into this room to heal you. Don't tell me Jesus hasn't come to perform a miracle in this place. Long before you had that problem, Jesus is the answer. Long before you felt that pain, Jesus had the healing. Long before you felt that depth of despair, Jesus had the hope and the answer. Jesus is a miracle worker. And he can heal your body today. I want you to consider for a moment with me this story. You've got one need of a woman who has struggled in private 
Other than her doctor, she struggled in private with this sickness. And you've got a woman, and you've got another girl. who she's, her, her father's a ruler in the synagogue. People know that she is sick. You've got both ends of the spectrum here. There are people in this room right now, nobody else knows your diagnosis. There are people in this room, everybody knows your diagnosis. Jesus can do a miracle in both. Jesus can perform a miracle to every one of you that have struggled in private or struggled all alone and battled in your own pain. And yet, Jesus can touch those who have publicly walked up to the front and been prayed for and prayed for and prayed for. Jesus is a miracle worker, and there is no depth he cannot reach to. There is no problem he cannot solve. He's a miracle worker. And Jesus can perform a miracle in your body. But that's not all Jesus is limited to. You know, Jesus can perform a miracle in your soul and your spirit. He's not limited to physical healings. He can heal something and do something in your physical, in your spirit and your soul, outside of the physical description of things. Let's read Matthew chapter number 8, if you have a Bible. It's quiet right now, but I don't know, I don't know about you. I just feel something. It's like with every, with every word in this, in, in this sermon, every scripture, something's being built. Something's being built and climbing higher. And in a moment, here in a moment, we're going to pray. In a moment, you're going to hear some testimonies, and we're going to pray and believe for the miracle-working power of God. But I want you to join with me. There's something in the room. I feel it. I just feel it and sense it. I'm probably not the only one. Something is building in the room right now. One step at a time. Matthew chapter number 8, verse 1 through 4. And when he was come from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Now watch verse number 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, if you know anything about lepers in the Bible, you know nobody can be within six feet of them. Nobody can come close. So this man that comes from the hills or comes from wherever he comes in isolation walks up to Jesus, not having any physical contact with anybody for however long he's had this illness, this leprosy in his body. And you and I both know the things that isolation can do to a person. Feeling alone, withdrawn, the psychological effects, the deep, the deep hurt and things that probably reside in him of family members walking away and having nothing to do with him. The feeling of being rejected and an outcast of society. He has nothing much to look forward to. And yet, he comes to Jesus to worship him. And he says, if you will, make me clean. And I want you to watch what Jesus does. This is so good. Because Jesus has the power and authority to look at him and say, be clean. 
He has the power to speak one word and all of that sickness leave his body. He has that authority. He proved it in scripture. He can say a word and healing can happen. He can speak a thing and it can happen. But he knew the depths of that man. And he cared about the soul and the spirit of that man. So instead of letting words come out of his mouth only, or instead of just saying this or doing that or pointing at him or doing something else, you know what he did? It's almost like slow motion. You can imagine reading that. He reaches out his hand and he touches him. A man that has not had physical contact in who knows how long. And Jesus says, I know you need heal of leprosy, but I also know your spirit needs to feel the love and compassion of somebody that knows where you are. So he reaches out his hand and places it on him. And I have prayed today, somebody that's vexed in your spirit, somebody troubled in your soul, you would feel the master put his hand on you. You would feel the master reach deep inside of your spirit and your soul and your psyche. And he would give you the healing that you so desperately want. I know that there's complications and, and things in here. I, I sense it. I know there's complications in here. And you think, you think nobody understands the type of pain that you've been through. I know that's in the room. I feel it. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands the things you've been. Nobody grasps fully what you've been through. Let me tell you something. That is one of the greatest lies that the enemy tells right now in this society. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. When he went through Calvary, he felt every pain. He thought every thought. He did experience everything that you and I have experienced on earth and maybe even worse. He knew what it was like. So if there's anybody to run to that knows your pain, it's Jesus Christ. If there's anyone that can perform the miracle that you need deep in your soul, it's Jesus Christ. There's not another answer. There's not another doctor. There's not another book you can read. Jesus is the miracle worker. Jesus can perform a miracle in your soul and spirit. Finally, Jesus can perform a miracle in your mind. If there's ever been an attack on anything, in 2022, everybody take, take your hand and point right to your head. It's this. And Jesus can perform a miracle in your mind. Let me show you this in scripture. Mark chapter number three, verse one through five. And he entered again into the synagogue. Mark three, verse one through five. And there was a man which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him. And he saith to the man with the withered hand, stand here, stand forth. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they all held their peace because nobody's talking back to Jesus. And when he looked round about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto them this, he said unto the man, I want you to take that withered hand and I want you to stretch it out. That, that hand that had been withered and shameful, limited, that thing that had kept him from a lot of things. And let me tell you this, the thing that was concealed, it was hidden. 
It was withheld from people. That thing that not, maybe not everybody knows about or everybody can see. Jesus says, I want you to do something very bold and I want you to do very, something very brave. I just want you to believe and trust me. I want you to stretch out that withered hand. And this story, yes, is about Jesus taking a hand that was crippled and putting strength into it. But it also speaks to every concealed and hidden problem that's here that plagues someone's mind. Think about the courage it took to say, God, I don't ever tell people about this, but I'm going to give this to you right now. I don't ever reveal this to somebody because it's something I struggle with on the inside. It's thoughts that I have, but I'm going to reveal that to you right now because you said stretch out your withered hand. And the Bible says this, that when Jesus told him to pull out his hand, the Bible says his hand was as whole as the other. You know what dawned on me the other day? When people have, when people have these deficiencies, with, with whether, whatever limb that it is or whatever thing that it is in their body, you know when they have this deficiency? The other side of it or the other part of their body overcompensates to make up for the deficiency in one side of their body. So this man who does not use one of his hands probably has a stronger other hand because he's had to use that for most of his life. And the Bible says his hand was made as whole as the other which means his hand was made better than new. Which means God took that problem, God took that dilemma, and made it greater than even his own expectations of what healing might be. So you hear me right now. Not only can God remove those thoughts of depression, and not only can God remove those thoughts of oppression, but God can put peace and hope and joy and love back into your mind and back into where you are and show you something greater than even what you had before because God can work on every level here. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker and he's come to do miracles today. He's come to do a miracle in your life, in your family, in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. He can perform a miracle right now. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. He can do a miracle right now. He can touch any, any scope of need that's in this room right now. He can do it. He's a miracle worker. Now, I could stand up here and build your faith and tell you testimony after testimony. I could do that. I asked five people, if y'all don't mind to come join me up here, this is that moment you're all nervous about. Now, I could tell their story and it wouldn't be very good. I could tell what's happened to them and quite honestly, it would, uh, it would not do it justice because I know bits and pieces. Now, don't worry, there's five of them. They're, they're not going to preach. If they want to take a text, that's their call. But I could tell their story, and it'd be one thing. But to hear it from somebody who's seen a miracle, 
and to hear it from somebody that's been a miracle, that there's going to be faith that gets transferred here in a moment. And there's a reason all five of these people are up here. I want you to listen to the range of miracles that God performs. It's number five. Uh, five years ago, it was on an August evening, I was driving to uh, teach a Bible school class. And as I was driving, I had a brain aneurysm rupture in, inside of my brain. It was actively bleeding while I was driving. Um, I was put into the hospital two months in ICU. If you look statistically at what happens when you have a brain aneurysm that ruptures, only 8% of those people make it. And then of that, 3% return to be normal. And so I was having active vasospasms in my brain, which is spasms in my brain. And they said the level of activity of that, they just didn't know that I would return back to normal. But that's without the power of God and the church of God praying, you all were praying. And I want to say that there was a suddenly that happened, like he's been preaching about, a suddenly that happened, and the Lord has restored every, absolutely everything in my life by the miraculous power of God. Um, 18 months ago, I found out that I had sensitivities to over 17 different foods that were causing various issues in my body. And in March of this year, we had a hyphen retreat. And on that Saturday night, God used two different people that did not have any idea about my need and what was going on with me to come and pray for me and speak faith over me. And since then, I have seen God's miracle working power start to work in my body. And even though the work is not completely finished yet, I know that one day, without a doubt, it will be. Because at ladies' conference in April, God sent a complete stranger, someone I didn't even know, to come up to me and tell me that God gave her a word to give to me. And that word was, God has given you a promise, and that promise will be done. Keep the faith. And I'm believing it every day, and I'm claiming that that work will be completed because I know God is faithful. He said he would do it, and I trust his word. When I was in high school, I began to get very sick, and we really couldn't figure out what it was. So I went to the doctor, and they found out I had a very a progressive dairy allergy. And it wasn't just to lactose, but every dairy protein. So that's way in case, and any protein couldn't have any of it. I would immediately get sick, begin to vomit after eating that. And so I completely went off dairy for four years, I believe. And, and we were over in the chapel, and you know we come every Sunday, and we'd lay hands, and we'd believe and have faith, and it didn't happen. But one Wednesday night, we were over there with Brother Nathan Herod, and there was a lady. He wasn't a minister. She was just a lady in the church, and she laid her hands on my head, and we spoke faith over that. And from that moment, I have not had one problem with that allergy, and then the Lord healed me in the name of Jesus. Um, for 17 years, I was that secret person going through mental struggle after mental struggle, going through inpatients and outpatient clinics and constantly coming up for prayer, going, just, God, I need you to heal my mind. I need you to heal my mind. I don't want to be bipolar, Lord. I don't want this diagnosis. And in 2017, I was at my lowest of lows in the hospital after I attempted suicide. And God came to me and said, you shall live. It is time for you to live. And... For the last five years, God has just been doing a work in my life, and my mind has been 
I can't even say restored because I've never felt this good in my whole entire life. I know what God can do. There are people who are struggling and you're tired. God, no, for 17 years, I was so tired. I had given up hope, but God didn't give up on me. I still take my medication. I am more obedient and I listen to my leadership. But God said, this is a healing process. And so you go through that process and you keep holding on because I know that God can heal. Amen. What an awesome encouragement we've already heard. So if I just completely blow mine, you should already be encouraged and your faith should already be built. But a few weeks ago, we had the uh, Brother Gurley came and, and we had a sacrificial offering that uh, most of us participated in. And, and I'm gonna, actually going to give you two testimonies. One of them is that my wife and I, we discussed what we were going to give. And in the process of this, we we're going to sell our house. And so within 48 hours, 42 hours, something like this, our house sold. But the amount that we sacrificially give or that we're going to give is, is exactly what they offered us over asking price. If that doesn't build your faith, the next night my wife and I went to do Bible study with a couple and we started discussing about the sacrificial giving. And the, the man that, that we're doing the Bible study with, him and his wife, they, they were so touched by the sacrificial giving service. And they said, we were just kind of confused about how the whole process was and how, and how it worked. Because you hear about seed money and, you know, you've heard about seed money. And it, you, anyways, and, but the thing that encouraged me the most, Pastor Nate, was the fact that he looked at me and he says, but you know what? First of all, I trust God. Right. And I trust my pastor. You talking about just built my faith right there. Whenever you start putting your trust in God. And then your trust in your leadership and in your faith in your pastor. You reached a whole nother level of maturity in Jesus Christ. And then the testimony goes on from there. They looked at me and said, the exact amount we gave, our son gave 10% of that. I'm telling you, it built my faith. I don't, I don't even know how you guys are just sitting there right now, but God is in control of every situation. I've got two sons that are involved in ministry. It's worth way more, way more than any, 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 any amount that God ever gives financially. What a great God we serve. What a great God. I don't care the need. I don't care the dilemma. There's a miracle for you here today. You just heard testimony of a wide variety. There's a miracle working God in the room right now. Come on, if you need a financial miracle, God can do it right now. If you need healing in, a, in your body over an allergy, God can do it right now. If you've got back pain, God can heal it right now. If you've got diabetes, God can touch your body right now. Would you stand with me and lift your hands when you do? God is absolutely in control. He's a miracle worker. I've come to preach to you Jesus, the miracle worker. You've only got one job today, 
believe. None of us can give you a miracle. It's not within our ability to give you a miracle. But I've come to preach about the one that if you'll put your trust and faith and come again one more time, the miracle worker is in the room right now. Who needs a miracle in the house? Come on, the altars are open. If you want to pray one more time, if you want to gather with somebody just one more time. Yeah, that's it. Come on, reach to heaven. The miracle worker is in the house.